Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now, Sunday, April 23rd. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, ready to break down the Sunday NHL card. What a day we've got. It's basically a quadruple header, uh, one game after another, starting at 1 p.m. Uh, Eastern time here on this Sunday. So uh, definitely excited about that uh, and looking forward to another great day of hockey. And speaking of great days of hockey, what about yesterday? If you don't believe in draw season after yesterday, I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> I mean, it basically smacked you right in the face yesterday uh, with three, count them, three games that went beyond regulation out of the four games on Saturday. Uh, Vegas and Winnipeg was just a thriller. Uh, pretty much uh, throughout, especially in the third period when Winnipeg mounted their comeback. I think when Vegas took that 4-1 to lead, there was a small lull in the game, but it came out hot with the fight between Dylan and Kolasar. First period was action-packed. Second period, maybe a small lull, but in the third period, an overtime, just scintillating action, pulsating back and forth. Uh, it looked like Winnipeg was going to win it multiple times after the incredible comeback. Adam Lowry, the big goal to tie it he's just such an incredibly clutch playoff performer uh but vegas survives and they get the win in overtime even though they coughed up a 4-1 lead and uh that's big for them because to blow that lead against winnipeg and with having knowing that josh morrissey who is of course the best defenseman by far for the jets left the game early due to injury if you had given up that lead and lost the game that would have been tough for vegas but equally tough for winnipeg to lose they almost stole one without morrissey and now they not only lose the game the comeback falls short but josh morrissey uh, as announced by rick bonus after the game out for the rest of the series so just unfortunate news and a big big blow to the winnipeg jets and worrisome for them certainly now down 2-1 without their best defenseman for the rest of the series but you know shifley connor uh lowry they all came to play it was a good effort from winnipeg but not enough uh, as they lose to uh, Vegas uh, yesterday. Toronto, it's funny because the, the theme coming out of that Toronto win, Alex, yesterday was for all these years of playoff flops and playoff failures, Toronto would carry the play against the opponent and lose. And mm. finally, the role was reversed. The flip script was flipped yesterday. They were outplayed for most of that game. Tampa was the better team for most of that game, but Toronto this time found a way to win. What's happened to, uh, to Toronto so many years in the past finally happened in their favor here uh, where they were outplayed and they won. So many recent playoff failures for Toronto in years past. Uh, they've outplayed the other team in a playoff game and lost. Well, now uh, they know the feeling of, hey, we didn't play our best, but we found a way to win, and that's what the Leafs did. Uh, an overtime win against Tampa Bay. Ryan O'Reilly, talk about Mr. Clutch again. Ryan O'Reilly, over uh, tying goal in the final minute. And Morgan Riley, a shot off a face-off win, beats Vasilevsky. It was a great shot upstairs, but still short-sighted, like my goalie to have that one potentially. Uh, and the Leafs end up with the four-three win out west. Uh, we saw, or not, not not out west, I should say, but in the East, uh, Devils and Rangers. Next up was a uh, look for a one-one game. Don't be fooled, okay, by that. Uh, it was a very entertaining game. There was actually a lot of good chances. The goaltending was great, Shesterkin, and look, even Akira Schmid was great. And we got to give even Perlo a little bit of a you know pat on the back there, uh, because 
you know, he was adamant that Schmid was uh, a decent option and adamant that, uh, you know, New Jersey, he kept going on about how New Jersey played better in, in front of Schmid and actually kind of looked like it uh, last yeah. night in that game. Uh, just a little bit sturdier in their own end. Rangers missed a ton of chances, though. It's just the puck wasn't going to go in for them. And Dougie Hamilton with a wonderful snipe. Uh, in overtime to beat Shesterk in perfect shot. And the Devils are back in the series. And I kind of had that gut feel that the Devils were going to show up last night. And sure enough, they did. Uh, better on the road, looked more relaxed, looked more poised. It's definitely the best Jack Hughes has looked uh, in this series. And they get a 2-1 win against the Rangers. And then at night, great start for Seattle. But boy, it quickly fell apart for them. 2-1, what a goal by McKinnon to make it 2-1 Colorado. Uh, and then, of course, we saw Seattle down 3-1, battle back with a couple of quick goals, including this Jamie Oleksiak goal. If you didn't see it, you would have sworn this guy's like Bobby Orr, or Paul Coffey, or Kel McCart, I mean, with the way he scored. I mean, it was ridiculous. Dipsy dude dangling with the skate, great edge work, and then, bam, roof job uh, on the back end. Jamie Oleksiak did that. And, of course, he's not known for that kind of play uh, from the uh, back end. But uh, what a great goal. But that was about it for Seattle. Uh, Colorado just put their foot down in the third period. McKinnon was a beast, ranting and had a great game, uh, and they just took over in the third period, and they grab a 2-1 series lead. And you wonder, does Seattle have that pushback in them? Because really, since the third period of Game 2, that's starting to look like the defending Stanley Cup champion version of the Colorado Avalanche again. Alex, uh, a hell of a Saturday. What did you think of it? Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll I'll go in reverse. I'll start with that Colorado-Seattle game because that was a, a fun game. And, and it's important, you know, when I talk about betting these first period overs and I say uh, what I like in the full game, there's a reason why I like splitting those two things up and sometimes waiting to grab that live over. Because oh, in that game, I actually thought the pace would slow down in the second period and beyond, and I would have looked for a live under. As soon as I saw how the first two goals went in, I was completely off of that full game total. I'm like, this game's going to go back and forth. But I had no idea we were going to see 10 goals in total. And uh, certainly once you saw Colorado get out to that 2-1 lead after the first period, you're thinking, okay, first home game, uh, you know, in cracking history, playoff history. And maybe they've taken a little bit of the air out of the building. Then they get up 3-1, and now it seems troublesome. But they were able to fight back and, and tie the game up. And so kudos to them. They're, like I said, they're making it a, a series. They're not, they're not going to go down without a fight. And, and you love seeing that from uh, a younger team, especially going up against a defending cup champion. So uh, that's a, a great, that was a great game and a, a great series to continue to keep watching. Uh, the New York, New Jersey series, obviously that, that crushed me and, you know, taking a, a ton of, uh, you know, looks and different props in that game. If I had stayed away from that game, I would have had a great night. But uh, unfortunately, like Schmid, he played well. I don't think he did anything more or less that Vanacek would have done in the same scenario. Uh, like I said, the, the biggest difference is that the guys in front of him played better. And I, I don't understand why they can't bring that same kind of energy when Vanacek's playing, knowing that Vanacek can bail you out and you can feel more comfortable with him if you aren't playing your best in front with Schmid. So maybe that is the case why they play better in front of Kira Schmid. They realize that if we aren't blocking shots and clogging up the middle uh, this game get out of hand quick and in a hurry. And if you look at the shot maps from game three with the Rangers compared to games one and two, you will see not many shots from the outside. Uh, and that also tells you that they weren't setting up in front uh, of Schmid. They weren't setting up in the middle of the ice. If you look at the game, the game maps, game one, game two, all those Ranger goals right in front, right in the high danger slide area between the circles. You didn't see any of those consistent shots. Uh, and, and I love what the Rangers are doing on the power play. 
they it's like they're listening to the show sometimes the way that they switched over and put Patrick Kane back at the point and they have him kitty corner from where our Timmy Panarin is Panarin on the left side the thing is they couldn't get a rhythm and it looked like they were just going around in a circle in the first couple of power plays they need to figure that that out and like I said hopefully they keep this Sit the setup now. Keep this format. Keep Kane on the point because having him slide up and down along the boards is, is, is huge because it basically turns your power play from a box and one to use a basketball term all the way to kind of a modified umbrella. That look with those five players is very dangerous, and I think Rangers are definitely a team to look for uh, in, in Game Four. As far as the other two games go, just great gritty playoff wins, right? Like that, that's what you expect to see uh, from a Vegas team, the way that they play it all year, to battle back and be resilient, uh, grab a game and double overtime on the road. And like I said, that atmosphere was rocking and rolling. But like I mentioned in the you know, playoff preview, those two teams are unfazed by the other team's barn. You're not going to rattle them off. And, and honestly, I think the winner of that series, unfortunately, is probably going to lose in the next round because they're beating the crap out of each other. But the biggest thing to look at with those two teams is that, you know, the way that they're built and the way that their barns are during the playoffs, they won't be phased by anybody. So I really give them two of the highest marks, in, uh, you know, with home ice advantage in the Western Conference right now uh, compared to, you know, Edmonton and L.A. is kind of a wash. Dallas and Minnesota have their edges, but they're slight. Uh, Seattle, Colorado, not too, too much of an edge. I think the biggest home ice edge series in the West, maybe if not the, of all eight series, is certainly relies with that Vegas and, and, and Winnipeg just off of the fact that they're, you know, two crazy atmospheres. And that's something to look out for. Whichever team advances that next round, Edmonton or L.A. Uh, has to go in there. Might, ha- might be some troubles in the road. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, what, a, what a day of hockey it was for sure. And by the way, I'm going to send it to you, Alex, after the show, and I'm going to try to post it. I, I think there's a way I can post this. But, you know, I thought the best call of that Winnipeg-Vegas uh, tying goal by Adam Lowry was Rick Ball on Turner. And then I heard, and, and it was a great call, and he's a great play-by-play guy. But then I heard Derek Rubel. I heard that, uh, yeah. Calling that uh, tying goal by uh, Adam Lowry. And, uh, wow. Mm-hmm. Uh We've got a star in the making here with our good friend, Jarek, I think, in the uh, play-by-play booth. My goodness. He <laughs> keeps getting better. I agree with him. He, he, he believes in, in his heart he's getting better with each more comfortable, uh, more relaxed. Uh, and he had a hell of a call. What was the phrase he used? The whiteout has just lost their mind? Oh, mm-hmm, my yeah. God. But yeah. Talk about just something off the top of your head that's creative, that's unique. You know, I'm sure no one else would have said that line uh, yeah. when that the goal was scored. So. Yeah, Jerrica Rubel, uh, props to him, doing a nice job. USRN, if you're interested. And I know he always posts the uh, link uh, whenever he's doing the uh, play-by-play uh, audios of these uh, playoff games. So uh, great job by him. Uh, like I say, uh, if, it, if it's up to me, we're going to get that guy into the show uh, in the NHL at some point. Uh, all right, we're going to go to uh, Sunday here in the Game 4 action. Uh, we're going to go rapid fire because uh, Alex has a, a spot coming up bottom of the hour. So we're going to try to blast through these as quickly as possible. Islanders, Hurricanes, uh, Islanders minus 125, home favorites, five the total in this game. Look, the home team has won every game in this series. Carolina has not won a road playoff game in two seasons, this year, last year and this year combined. What are they now, 0-7 now in the uh, playoffs? The last two years, come on, three road losses to Boston, three road losses to the Rangers last year. And then the one road loss in game three the other night where it just fell apart for a game that looked like it was going to go to overtime with five minutes to go in the third. And it just crumbled for Carolina in the last few minutes and a brutal beat if you had the under, which we talked about yesterday. Uh, certainly you would think Carolina wants to play better, but man, 
these road woes in the playoffs here are concerning. I'm actually back on the Islanders here today at minus 125. I've already got that every home team winning in this series, correct series win order prop going, as does Alex. So uh, we're still hoping for good things with that. I'm also on the draw here. I feel this is definitely going to be much like game three, where it's pretty close, pretty tight. And look, we were five minutes away from the draw before it exploded for the Islanders. So I'm right back to the draw. In fact, look, uh, maybe I'm uh, recency bias here, uh, you know, to the tits here with this, but after what we saw yesterday, but I am on the draw in all four games, honestly, today uh, in the uh, NHL for something. You know, there's going to be some of the draws that I like better than others. This is probably my favorite draw of the entire day, this game uh, right here. I really do think we have legit overtime potential, a close game. I do expect a good pushback from Carolina, but at the end of the day, you know, Ronta was figured out a little bit. The defense broke down in the third period. We've talked about that with Carolina down the stretch. That defense was breaking down a couple of times more than we're accustomed to. And the Islanders certainly had great energy in that game thanks to that UBS crowd. So for me, it'll be a split with Islanders minus 125 in the draw in this one. Uh, and at five, you know I'm only leaning over when I see a total that low. Uh, Alex, uh, Hurricanes, Islanders, game four. You know, at the risk of sounding long-winded sometimes, I give these PSAs out of what to look for with certain betting trends, and it's for a reason. Because here we are right now with a draw that you could only find as high as plus 305. I'm seeing a lot of 290, a lot of 295. That's my no-go spot for a draw. I agree. This is a great spot for a draw. You can make a case for the draw. 310 at FanDuel. Again, FanDuel beating 310 at FanDuel, right. So you have to so you have to shop around. But but my cutoff is, is, is anything, you know, nothing below 300. And we're seeing that now because – Books are getting caught up to this. Yes, these two two teams that only what score you know a handful of goals a game it seems and and are always going to play tight close hockey. It's the reason why we're seeing the five as well. So shop around. Do not play lower than than plus three hundred. That is my my uh, you know rule of thumb with that. So three ten at FanDuel. I'll mark me down for that. That's the only thing I like here because like I said, I'm just still rolling with this uh ticket of, of home team winning everything, and I don't want to lay a dollar twenty five with that. Then nor do I feel like Carolina truly can come and back and win this game. So it's not, I'm not going to take a hedge spot either. I'm just going to let it ride and uh, hope for a draw. Yeah, it should be a good one here. Hurricanes and uh, Islanders. Uh, and I don't believe, let me just see here. we got Ronta confirmed. It'll be Sorokin for the Islanders. I, I do like Sorokin saves, though, even though I like the Islanders a little bit. You know, they did give up a lot of shots. Shot volume was pretty good for Carolina in game three, uh, even though they lost. And you would think off the loss, it's even better in game four. So that Sorokin saves prop does Definitely appeal to me. All right, the other afternoon game, also in the East, game four, Boston, Florida. Bruins minus 150 road favorites, six the total uh, here in this game. Um, this is a this tricky one because you always say it's been back and forth, Boston game one, Florida game two, Boston game three. Do we have that zigzag pattern carrying over? I don't think so, quite honestly. I don't think so. Uh, I think Boston, you know, maybe got the wake-up call they needed in game two to get back to their game. Get back, and boy, did they get back to their game. That looked like the Bruins we had seen all season in game three. And keep in mind, no Bergeron and no Krejci uh, in game three either. Bergeron obviously won't be back till game five minimum because, as I said the other day, he didn't even travel to the Florida with the team. Uh, David Krejci's 50-50 for this game with an upper body injury, so he might be back. Uh, for this one, and obviously they'll like that. But you got to be impressed that if Krejci doesn't play again, there's Charlie Coyle stepping up uh, for the Bruins, getting a big goal. Taylor Hall steps up. That's all they do. They they have everybody step up. That's been the Bruins' mo, you know, all season long uh, when things uh, go well. So, you know, when I look at this matchup here, I just still think Boston's superior. 
You know, I think the longer this series goes, with all due respect, and where's Florida going to go with their goaltending today, too? Because Alex Lyon got replaced by Sergei Bobrovsky, you know, in game three. You know, now all of a sudden you got a goaltending conundrum. And I think Paul Maurice has kind of backed himself into a tough spot. He's been rolling with Lyon all this time. And if Lyon goes back in, does he still believe in himself enough to play well? You know, knowing maybe the confidence is a little bit shaken here. So, you know, that's definitely something you want to look for here. Uh, yeah, Natchez overshots Matt Allen. I just happened to notice that in the chat. I don't argue with that one bit. I actually like that shot prop. Uh, it's gone, got, gotten to three shots in each game in this series. So I agree with that. Yeah, I'm going to go with Boston here. Um, but I'm actually going to go money line. I went minus one in the last game. Because I felt they were going to win by somewhat of a margin, at least two goals, and they did, although they had to hang on for it. You know, 4 nothing became 4-2. But I think Florida will push back hard, and I think Boston still will find a way to win this game. But I think this, this could be close, and this could be a one-goal victory. So I'm going to lay the juice, which I don't love doing often, but I'm going to go Boston minus 150 and the over again here at 6. I think Florida's going to have to drive the tempo a little bit up. I thought they got stuck in a slog. Uh, in game three, they can't win that way. And I think with them down 2-1, they've got to be a little bit more aggressive. And I think they will. It's sort of sounding that way to me. If you listen to Barkov and Verhage and Kachuk and what they said after game three. So I like the over here at six. And I like Boston minus 150. And I am on the draw, but this is a draw I'm not too keen on compared to some of the other games today. Uh, Alex, Boston, Florida. Yeah, I don't like this draw enough to bet it. But it definitely feels like it could be a close enough game to where OT makes some sense. Uh, the one thing I like here is the first period over hasn't really, you know, got kind of snake bit in the last game. But with this one, I want to wait and, and look in game. I, I want to see that Florida. And like I said, I want Florida to be carrying the tempo early for me to jump in on that. And I also want to get a plus price. We're seeing, you know, minus 125 to minus 130. So if I get plus 110 or better for the, for the first period over and I'm seeing the pace that I like, I'll jump in on that. But that, that's the only thing I'm looking at. I think Boston wins this game. And I don't want to lay 150. And like I said, I don't trust it necessarily to take a, a side with them in regulation. Oh, uh, good stuff. And just rapid fire with props because, again, we're on a tight schedule today. we got Posternock and uh, Marshawn. I like them to score. Posternock's just automatic. Scored again uh, the other day. I think for Florida, though, I might sprinkle on Florida props because this is the game they got to have. 3-1, they're not coming back. They've got to get it today. So I expect for Hagee, like he did in game two, Montour, Kachuk. Okay, those are the guys you focus on. If if, if Florida's going to win today, those guys make an impact offensively. So those are the props I would target here for the uh, Florida Panthers today. All right, let's turn our attention to the uh, West. You know what? We'll run the ads right after we do all four games, uh, both back-to-back. -back. Uh, Dallas and Minnesota. Uh, we've got Minnesota minus 120 uh, home favorites, five and a half being the uh, total here in this game. Uh, I am on the stars here, uh, plus 100. Uh, that's the... Uh, Really the main bet, again, the draw a little bit as well, but mostly Dallas here, plus 100. It's their spot to answer. It's the spot for Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan, Jason Robertson, these guys that have had great seasons, especially down the stretch. They all played well, all of them invisible in game three. Let's be honest. You couldn't find any of them on the ice with a telescope, any of these guys. And you got to think they deep down inside, they know it. They stunk the join up in game three. It's their opportunity to respond here. And uh, Minnesota, they've been in these spots before, uh, many years in the playoffs. And as great as they were in game three, up 2-1 and a chance to seize control of a series. Uh, and so many times they have not been able to do it. And they're still playing against a very good Dallas Stars team. I also think when you look at it here tonight as well, Jake Ottinger's got to step his game up a little bit too. I thought he was ordinary uh, in game three, and we know he can be better than that uh, in that. So 
Uh, I think this is going to seven, at, at least six, if not seven. Uh, I pretty much said that from the beginning. Uh, and I think Dallas evens up the series here, uh, plus 100. I trust in this group to step up after a collective flop in game three. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Game four, Dallas, Minnesota. Yeah, I'm definitely on Dallas. Like I said, I, I like this spot uh, going in for quite some time. But I'm also looking at the first period. I'm going to go reverse puck line with Dallas. Uh, Land and a half at plus 185. You can find that at BetMGM. I think Dallas had to take the air out of the crowd early uh, in this one. But it's kind of an awkward time start. And there's going to be a lot of people there, a lot of people uh, outside of the building, too. They're not doing the same thing like in Winnipeg and some of these other places, but they're doing a little bit of a cookout thing. So there'll be people around. It'll be buzzing. It'll be uh, uh, an electric atmosphere, just like it was for game three. But definitely uh, it's going to be up to Dallas to score early and score often. I think they do that. So give me Dallas and uh on the money line at even money. Also give me Dallas laying the goal, the half a goal in the first period at plus 185. That's the best price I found at BetMGM. Yeah, this is a good game to look. Rope hints for sure. Shots on goal. He had none in the last game. And a goal, uh, Ben Sagan, maybe even Ron. Like, this is a game to get interested and dive into some of those goal props involving Dallas players. I think that is the uh, a good way to go here uh, in this one. All right, we're going to go into Edmonton, L.A., uh, and then we'll let Alex go because we've he's, he's got to head on to a, a, a Beeson uh, spot in a few minutes. So we'll talk Edmonton, L.A., Oilers minus 155, uh, road favorites here, six and a half being the uh, total uh, in this game. Look, Edmonton, I thought they outplayed L.A., you know, carried the play, better chances, more shots, uh, better, uh, you know, really played a solid game, you know, all things considered. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers on uh, Friday night, even though they lost game three in overtime, uh, obviously, they made a big deal of some of the calls that went against them. I agree. There was a couple calls during the game that maybe uh, a whistle that should have been called. Uh, and certainly, they didn't feel great about the overtime goal for L.A. by Trevor Moore being allowed to uh, stand because they thought it was hit with a high stick, the high stick of Velarde. I think they use all that in positive uh, to fuel them tonight to tie this series. I still think it's a great series. It's going to be a long series. And for me, I like the Oilers to respond here. And I got to think, too, deep down inside. I don't want to say conspiracy theory uh, or anything, but I think the Oilers get a couple of calls tonight. You know, 50-50 calls. If there's a hook in the neutral zone that looks like it's a little iffy, looks like it's a little weak, uh, maybe it goes Edmonton's way, that kind of thing uh, here for the uh, uh, Edmonton Oilers tonight. So uh, I think that's definitely something to uh, keep in mind. Yes, it looks like Kevin Fiala. For the uh, Edmund, for the LA Kings, rather, is going to be uh, potentially back tonight. So keep that in mind. But I expect everybody to step up. And uh, look, McDavid and Drysidle haven't been the issue in this series. They've been solid. Bouchard's been great. They need Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Zach Hyman, uh, and company to uh, be, you know get uh, going. It looks like Alex had to run uh, for the uh, Beeson spot. So uh, that's all right. I know we were uh, we were tight for time there with that. But yeah, he's on the draw in the uh, Kings and Oilers game. I'm on the draw too, but I'm also on Edmonton in multiple ways here. I'm on Edmonton minus a half, plus 160, first period puck line. I love that value. I really think this team's flying in the first 20 minutes tonight. Uh, after that defeat against LA the other night, uh, just come out with the right mindset. Pepper the uh, Pepper's Jonas Corposalo, uh play in the offensive zone. Uh, I think you're going to see all of that from the from the Oilers here in the first 20 minutes. So I like Edmonton minus a half, plus 160 with that first period puck line. Uh, I also like Edmonton here in terms of the uh, minus uh, one. Uh, let me just see that price can't be right. Minus 138. That looks like it's a uh, stale price at uh, my odd screen here. I don't think it's minus 138 anywhere. Let me just. Uh, 
double check that right now. Let me just see here. Yeah, it's minus 155. That's an old number. So yeah, I, I'm. this is just like the Boston game for me where I'm going to lay the money line price here with Edmonton. Minus 152 is what I got with the uh, Oilers on the money line uh, in this uh, game. Um, I, I just think this is uh, time for them to respond to two series. They've been a phenomenal road team all year. And really, they played a good road game. Jay Woodcroft said it multiple times. The post game during the uh, day off yesterday, he said, "We, th I thought we played one hell of a road game. We didn't give them much uh, defensively, uh, and it was a it was a really solid team effort, even though they lost in overtime." So, you know, the, the the fact remains that if Edmonton is somewhat comparable in performance level to that game on Friday night, uh, the result will be different for them, and obviously different in terms of this time they'll get the victory that maybe you could argue they should have had or at least could have had uh, in game three. But again, for Edmonton, stay out of the box. They have had a few too many penalties in this series, and you need something from Hyman, Nugent Hopkins, uh, Yamamoto. These are the guys that have to deliver now. We, you know, It can't always be Connor and Leon. They're, they're going to do everything they can to carry the offense, but we need Evander Kane to step up, Nugent Hopkins, Hyman, Yamamoto, you know, maybe even a little sprinkle of Warren Fogle, you know, that, that they need some of these guys to step up for them here uh, offensively. Starting tonight, uh, I expect Edmonton to bring it. So I'm on Edmonton minus a half, plus 160, first period puck line, Edmonton money line, little sprinkle on the draw, a little sprinkle too on over six and a half in this game at even money, simply because I find when Edmonton wins, or if Edmonton's going to win tonight, they're going to have an explosion offensively. And you know how I often say when a team like uh, Edmonton with the firepower they have, you know, it gets held down to what? Just two goals uh, in game three. And Corpus Allo was phenomenal uh, in that game. He was the reason, the main reason why Edmonton only scored two in that game. But they had 40 shots on goal. Sometimes when a really good offensive team has 40 shots on goal the previous game, they don't win. They only score two. You know what happens the next game. And that is the floodgates open. And I'm not going to say they're going to score seven or eight tonight, but I could see Edmonton getting four, maybe even five tonight in this game. So I, that's why I'm going to sprinkle on the over six and a half as well here uh, at plus 100 uh, in this game. Uh, someone in the chat saying I had to take the over five in Canes Islanders. Yeah, I have to sprinkle on that too. It's just uh, when I see a five in a playoff game or a five total in any NHL game, it's very difficult. Um, so yeah. And the yeah, second period over for a uh, Perlo. Yeah. We'll have to uh, see, uh, but, uh, those are good bets, especially if I find that there's a really high scoring first period or there's nothing in the first, but there's a lot of chances, you know, sometimes that second period over could be uh, a look now for me, McDavid and dry sidle props are worth a look tonight, but I think if you're going to see someone else step up for the Oilers tonight, it's Nugent Hopkins, because this is a 100 point player during the regular season, who just hasn't been able to fully get it going. Uh, he, and if he does, that's going to really uh, help Edmonton in this series and beyond. Uh, again, we're talking about a guy that had 100 points. He's been kind of quiet so far in this series. Evander Kane has been quiet. So, you know, if you want to buy low uh, on those two players in particular, you know, the Kane props, you know, the goal prop on Kane's down in the plus 200 range, and he's only minus 124 to get a point. They have definitely made a small adjustment here with the uh, prop prices for both Kane uh, and for uh, Nugent Hopkins. Although I think Nugent Hopkins, yeah, his point prop's still pretty pricey, but the goal prop has uh, gone all the way up to plus 230. So there's been a little bit of a, a value uh, increase in the props on Kane and Nugent Hopkins just because of the fact that, uh, you know, the Oilers have kind of struggled here, or those Oilers in particular have struggled uh, offensively here through the first 
three games of this series. Yeah, block shots, Noah. You know what the problem with the block shots market is? Um, a lot of them are big, high, high juice. The ones that you really want to bet, Alec Martinez, Jacob Slavin, uh, you know, some of these defensemen, uh, they're minus 180 in some books. So that's why I've, I've pumped the brakes on recommending them. There's just, it's just the juice is pretty, pretty hefty, pretty hefty with a lot of these uh, blocked shots props. I'd love to bet them, but I just like the price to be better with a lot of them as well. All right. Great stuff. Um, like I say, a little bit of a shorter show today for uh, various reasons, including Alex having to do his uh, radio spot right now. Uh, Alex, like I said, is on the draw in this Edmonton LA game. Uh, he also left his best bet in the chat. I will mention that when we get to best bets in just a moment. Uh, hit the like button, 232 live viewers on YouTube. We appreciate it. Shout out to our podcast listeners as well. Yeah, Connor got two goals last game, BJ. Connor McDavid hasn't been a problem in this series. He's been fine. Leon Dreisaitl's been fine. The problem for Edmonton has been this depth. I've said all year, I thought their depth forwards were showing up all year for them. They looked like they had a lot more offensive punch up and down their lineup. And Kane and Nugent Hopkins and Yamamoto and players like that were a big part of the reason why, but they have not been getting it done so far in this series. That's what's got to change. They need the supporting cast to step up, and we'll see if they can do that for Edmonton uh, here tonight. All right, great stuff. A reminder, check out patreon.com slash iceguys, just $10 a month. Goalie charts, totals charts, power ratings, uh, Ice Guys show betting card daily, and more. Check it out, patreon.com slash iceguys, just $10 a month. And also, Check out the Ice Guys store, iceguys.myspreadshop.com. Cop yourself some merch. And we want to remind you about the BetCast, our next Stanley Cup Playoffs live BetCast, coming your way this Tuesday night, April 25th, 7 p.m. Eastern. Live betting and commentary with me, Alex, and all of our viewers and listeners joining us as guests. Drinking encouraged, as always. We strive for a bar and a pub atmosphere with every BetCast. So DM me at Bobano on Twitter or email Bobano350 at gmail.com to request a spot on the BetCast, and we'll make sure we send you the link for the next Stanley Cup Playoffs Ice Guys Live BetCast coming your way on Tuesday night. All right, let's wrap the show up in just a moment with Best Bets right after a double dose of our sponsors, Gramco and Manscaped. Support for the Ice Guys is brought to you by Gramco. Whether you or your team's game is on the field, screen, racetrack, court, or the ice, Gramco is for the game. Grown by farmers who spent years developing premium hemp genetics, Gramco provides customers with consistent quality Delta 8 THC products ready for any occasion. Gramco currently offers numerous Delta 8 products, including vape cartridges, disposable vapes, pre-rolls, gummies, wake-and-bake coffee, and more. Gramco offers an enjoyable, legal high delivered discreetly and directly to you. Gramco is also available at many American retailers as well. You can get the best Delta cannabis products on the market shipped quickly and discreetly from Gramco. And if you visit www.thegramco.com, use promo code ICEGUYS, you will get 20% off of every order. And any order that's on the site over $50 will be shipped free with standard shipping. So live elevated with Gramco and check out their wonderful Delta 8 products today. Support for the Ice Guys is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping 
with the promo code ICEGUYS. That's promo code I-C-E-G-U-Y-S at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, it's about 14 million balls that you can preserve. The Performance Package 4.0 is the complete accessory package to take care of everything that is required. You've got, of course, the Lawnmower 4.0 takes care of your facial hair uh, and among other things. Uh, you've got, of course, the Weed Whacker. I'm approaching 40. Nose hair has become a major issue. It pisses the hell out of me. I need to take care of that shit, and the Weed Whacker can help you do that. Both of these products, waterproof and a 4000K LED spotlight for a more precise shave. And you'll also be able to take care of those delicate areas with the ball toner, with the ball deodorant. Keep you smelling good, looking good, and feeling good down in the nether regions. This complete performance package 4.0 will take care of everything for you, for all you guys out there. And it's courtesy of our good friends at Manscaped.com. So get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code ICEGUYS at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com. And use promo code ICEGUYS. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right, it is time for best bets here to wrap it up for this edition of the Ice Guys. Uh, let's start with Alex B. Smith. Uh, he left the uh, best bet uh, in the uh, chat before he had to leave. Dallas plus 100 against Minnesota. So Dallas Stars, Dallas, dun, dun, stars, dun, dun, Dallas, dun, stars. <laughs> Dallas, I love doing that. Dallas plus 100 against Minnesota for uh, best bet for uh, Alex here. In game four, Stars and Wild. My best bet. Going right back to the game we talked about, uh, Edmonton Oilers minus 152 is the price I got. I'm, I'm biting the bullet here and laying the juice. Um, I don't want to worry and concern myself with a, a one goal win uh, with the minus one, even though it's good value or the puck line. Uh, I'm just going to go money line. I think Edmonton wins this game. I think certainly after what we saw in game three, uh, they're going to be uh, fueled by the fact that they know they could have won that game and played a good enough game to win. They felt the couple calls went against them. It'll it'll get them amped up to play at a very high level tonight. A great response from the Oilers, who have had a great road record all year uh, as well. Keep that in mind. And again, played well enough to win in, uh, the other night. You know, they, you can't say, oh, the Oilers lost because they didn't play well. No, they played very well, uh, but uh, so did Corpus Allo. Uh, unfortunately for them, and the puck just didn't go in for them with a lot of the chances they had. So Edmonton bounces back. I said all along, this is going to be a long, great series. Oilers and Kings, two excellent hockey teams. So is L.A. I mean, I've talked about Edmonton a lot, but L.A. deserves credit. This is a great hockey team themselves. I think it's going to go seven, uh, just like it did last year. And a big reason why it's going to go seven is because the Oilers, I think, are going to tie it up tonight at two before the scene shifts to Edmonton for game five. So Oilers, minus 152 for me for best bet for this Sunday NHL slate. All right, that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone in the chat for joining us. Hit the like button uh, on the way out. We appreciate it very much. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. I'm Ian Cameron, uh, and of course, Alex B. Smith with us earlier. 
Uh, thanks for watching. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on Monday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by National Hockey Now. Thank <laughs> you.